I'm Brax McCoy, and this is the Brax McCoy Show. I'm here with Gaylord on the ones and twos. Uh, he doesn't talk anymore because he wants to keep his job, so he just kind of helps us out in the background, and I don't blame him. I, I keep trying to get him to retire, but he won't. Um, and also, we speaking of, like, on Twitter, people have been going crazy about that uh, Bird and I, TLE Bird, and I did a crossover episode uh, on Monday, I think it was, uh, so people have been like all kinds of wound up about that. And this is probably the crossover that nobody expected. Uh, we've got, uh, suck boy, Tony, <laughs> the, the, uh, 3d print master coming to talk to our boomer, our, uh, boomer super MAGA audience here. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm joking. I don't know how boomer our audience is, but, um, we definitely have some boomer cons in there. I see y'all. It's all good. All right. we, we love you too. That's all right. That's half my audience anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's actually kind of a cool place to start. Um, so I, when I first got on Twitter uh, a little over two years ago now, I think, well, well, the first time I got on Twitter was uh, we had some, I was helping my buddy who had like, he was running a place that had some late calves and stuff. So we were Cavan kind of out of season i think it was when the heck was that um october or september or something and i was helping him out <clears throat> and just bored sitting in like the they have what they're set up they have a, a they bought a hostess truck and took like the the box off the hostess truck and turned it into like a place that you can sleep and run like a pellet you know stove and okay. so we were in the hostess truck and he was watching uh like a uh, basketball and like NBA and I don't care about NBA. So I was bored out of my mind. So I opened a Twitter account and just started trolling the shit out of AOC. <laughs> oh <was> like, yeah. <laughs> just having a good time, you know, trying to stay awake. And then I quit using it until, uh, like March or May or June or something like that of 2020. But Anyway, when I got on there, I was, dude, I didn't know anything about the internet really. Like I had dabbled in the internet a little bit earlier in my life, but I, I was pretty like out of the, you know, I was unschooled and everyone was the art, the big argument was that 3d printing was going to save the two, like the second amendment. And I kept saying like, this is dumb, dude, like 3d printing is cool as a technology and everything. But if you think that it's going to somehow like save the second amendment, like I got news for you. Right. Yeah. Um, but then like I've watched over, I guess almost three years now, the whole, th the, the whole, I don't know if we can call it a discipline, but like the whole hobby and, you know, for some people like yourself, it's like a job and, um, yeah. Like I've watched that evolve to where now I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to save the two a, but it really kind of, I don't know. It at least, it, it at least make it, like it's now at least a vehicle that makes abolishing the two a sound even more ridiculous in a country that already has 800 million guns or whatever, you know? Yeah. And your point about like boomer people being like half of your audience, you know, boomer MAGA, you know, make America great again types yeah. is kind of crazy. Cause like th these were, uh, straight up back to blue, you know, anything the cops say is the thing to do. And now they're posting like, 
you know, F the Fed, Pepe memes and shit. Yeah, yeah. These are like these are like fifty year old dudes that are just fed up, and they think three D printing is cool. Which yeah, yep, yeah. Honestly, that's I mean half of it. Like, there's a couple older people that like actually want to get into three D printing. I think a lot of like the older people that are in my audience are just kind of interested in it. In it um, in my rifle in like a technological way, I guess. Um, I'm not sure how many of them really see it as a way to save the two-way. I think a lot of the younger people in the community uh, really do see it as a complete way to save everything from guns to ammo, you know, um, and all that. But I don't know. It's it's not going to be the complete savior of everything. Um, I think, I, I mean, I'm pretty much pushing the limit of it and the limit of a completely 3d printed gun is like maybe 45 ACP levels of power, um, which don't get me wrong. I mean, that's good enough for, I would say probably 90% of situations, home defense type stuff. Um, but it's people don't really, you know, people really like their high powered rifles and stuff. Um, so, I mean, it might be a way to guarantee some sort of gun ownership, uh, like in um, communities like outside of the U.S., um, but I don't know if it's going to be... Confirmed pit bull owner. Yeah. Uh, German <laughs> Shepherd that's pissed off at a little wiener dog. Arson, stop. Arson, come here. Your dog's Sorry. name is Arson. This is like the most 3D <laughs> printer thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's my roommate's dog. very cool man but uh yeah so um yeah i would say it's it's not going to be a complete like you know it's not going to be able to replicate an ar-15 in any ways um and but it definitely helps especially in countries uh where you can't have anything like in Myanmar. i don't know if you've seen the fgc9s uh they're like a mostly like 75% 3D printed uh, SMG type gun. And those have actually been used by rebel groups in Myanmar uh, to take out some security forces uh, people and steal their guns. And now, you know, they started out with a 3D printed gun that honestly works pretty good. Um, but now, you know, they take out one guy and steal his AK and now, now they got an AK too. So that's kind of really the purpose, I guess, of 3D printing um, in terms of making sure everybody has the right to bear arms. Um, but I'm not sure if, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not sure if it would exactly um, replace our AR-15, so people should still be fighting for, for those rights while we can. Yeah, for sure. So for you as a guy who's kind of engineering and doing some pretty neat stuff on that, you know, in that sphere... Uh, I mean, from the outside as a person who is not, let me start, let me phrase it that way. It seems pretty clear that like the limitations would be materials, right? You like you're printing plastic. Yeah. Um, the, the chamber pressures are what they are and there's really no way around that. Uh, I mean, physics is physics, right? So yeah, you can only do so much, but, um, what happens when like this 3d print technology it's like good enough i mean so i know it's already there but like good enough and cheap enough to be printing like aluminum in your basement or whatever um yeah 
then it's I kind mean, of all bets are off, right? Yeah, that's very true. Actually, yeah, everything I said pretty much just goes for the typical FDM, the uh, I guess the plastic 3D printers that we have now. Um, yeah, like you said, there's plenty of uh, metal 3D printers, and they um, they offer a lot more strength. You can't with those as of right now, at least you can't get quite the level of strength that you can with other machining, um, like metal machining. But you know. Uh, if you can 3D print like aluminum or something, it's still going to be a hell of a lot stronger than the plastic. Um, so that would definitely open up a lot of doors. Um, especially, I'd like to see a lot more 3D printing of ceramics, mostly just because I'm oh. dealing with electronics. It could really use um, some ceramic insulation. Um, but other than that, I think, uh, yeah, like metal, metal 3D printing is definitely going to going to change things once that can be bought by individuals in their garage and used and stuff. So you're, um, this, I actually, I, I, I didn't know who you were. No offense. I didn't know who you were. No (laughs) one knows who I am. So like, um, until someone tagged you or something in one of my reply feeds and they were talking about this 50 caliber, uh, gun that you've made that is, I, I think from, from what I could gather, is the entire thing is 3D pruned. Yep. Yeah. So it's um essentially yeah, I would say the entire thing is 3D printed, um, including the barrel. There is uh there's a couple threaded rods going through it for support and like a couple like quarter inch nuts and stuff to secure everything. Uh, but other than that, it's um yeah, not, I would say ninety-nine percent 3D printed. Uh there's some electronics in there since uh, pretty much the only way to go about completely or 3D printing the majority of it is through electronics. So that's kind of um, where I've deviated from literally everybody else in the firearms industry is that I'm using electric ignition to ignite my ammo um, instead of primers. So I've basically completely eliminated the need for primers. Um, and that's essentially uh, just because I couldn't get. Um, a steel firing pin to work reliably enough. Um, mm. And same with like the locking system. I can't machine any like locking lugs for the bolts or anything. So I, um, I started using an electromagnetic uh, locking mechanism, which is it's just a solenoid that pulls a uh, bar down out of place essentially to unlock it. Um, so stuff like that really, it essentially, I mean, once you buy the, um, it's like 30 bucks in electronics, maybe 40 uh, off Amazon. Once you get those, then the rest of the um, gun is just a couple of screws from the hardware store and then 3D printed. Yeah, and you're, you're printing your, um, like your casings and all of that stuff too, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's another unique thing with my, uh, with my design is I wanted it to be completely DIY, uh, which it's really hard to DIY brass casings. So um, I just went with a fragmenting case design, um, which is basically I 3D print the cases and then instead of um, basically trying to keep it intact like a regular casing, I just um, let it blow up essentially. I have an oversized chamber that um, allows the case to expand and then shatter. Uh, so it's kind of a matter of using the right material. I guess you can think of it like if you used glass for the casing and had a slightly bigger chamber, 
the gas will just or the glass will just uh, shatter and kind of follow the bullet out the barrel. So basically, that's the system I'm using now, where the cases are completely 3D printed. Um, a single probe just goes in the back and um, conducts uh, arc of electricity between the chamber and what's essentially acting as a firing pin probe. Um, and so they uh, once the arc contacts between the two probes, then it ignites the, uh, the powder inside the case and um, ignites it. And then, um, yeah, I, I felt like I had something else with that. But yeah, <laughs> essentially 3D printed cases. Okay, so when are you saying is this something like so far as like igniting mechanism? Is this something like um, the clicker in your grill or you know in your jet boil or something like that? Yeah, so um, it's very similar. Those specific ignite uh, igniters don't really work. I've tried a couple of them, um, and they're just so like slow. I guess it's a lot of um, a lot of energy, but so fast that it doesn't really heat anything up um, besides like gas if um, a flammable gas is flowing through it but this is uh, i'm sorry to cut you off but don't they also have to arc off of another piece of metal yeah yeah so i have uh, one probe in the chamber and one in the firing pin okay Um, and then the circuit completes between those so it's uh i would say it's more like a spark plug in an engine Mm. um it's yeah, it's closer to that mechanism, but it's basically yeah, just a, a very hot um, arc of plasma essentially um, that can be created in like half a well, less than half a second, but very quickly uh, with just some cheap Amazon um, components. Man, yeah, this is like um, I'm not an engineer or anything by any stretch, but I like this kind of stuff has always been fascinating to me. Like the John Browning stuff, looking back, you know, the, what he was able to do in his shop, you know, and yeah. um, some of you guys that are out there kind of on this frontier of technology or, or like, you're really sort of in that vein. Like you're, I, I don't know what you're using for slugs. Um, are you just ordering like, like black powder slugs and, um, yeah, so I'm actually using, uh, it's a 3D printed jacket, too, with a 357 Magnum core inside. No it. kidding. Um, okay. So it's technically, it's a 50 cal projectile since the 3D printed jacket takes it up to 50 cal. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's a 220 grain 357 Magnum bullet inside. And basically the point of that is the outside of the jacket has, I don't know if you'd be able to see it in the picture in the... Uh, the webcam but basically the jacket has rifling has um, octagonal rifling printed into it already and that matches with the rifling in the um, in the 3d printed barrel and then that way they match up and you can actually get rifling out of a um, 3d printed barrel and 3d printed jacket uh if anybody knows anything or knows a lot about history there was something similar called the whitworth rifling in the civil war um which was essentially the same thing um and that could supposedly hit out a man-sized target out to like 500 meters or something um so it's a pretty accurate system i'm not sure how well that's gonna translate to 3d printing since i haven't really taken it out uh to range yet but hypothetically i at least know that there's um it's worked in the past with uh with worse technology than we have now so um 
yeah, and that's pretty much the only way I could find to actually uh, spin the bullet, because if you're using typical rifling in the, uh, or typical rifling with a 3D printed barrel, it'll just wear out the rifling right away and uh, won't actually dig into the bullet at all. Right. And you're using uh, black powder and, or, you know, please correct me anywhere I'm wrong, just from oh, no, looking yeah. at your stuff. Yeah. Um, using black powder and you're getting something like 900 fps out of this what do you say it's a 250 20, gram? Uh, 220 grain 220 grain projectile and then whatever the plastic on top of it is or is that how you get to 220 um it's about uh i believe it's a 200 grain projectile and about okay. 20 grains of plastic okay yeah which is kind of crazy because like really you're talking I mean, you're you're talking like a snub nose revolver type cartridge out of this completely plastic gun, like basically a Saturday Night Special, yeah. except for in like uh, what's that? What is that Miami Vice colors called? Heat Wave or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is it's uh it's it's just cool, man. I like I've seen a lot of this 3D print stuff go around and. Um, you know, it's neat when someone prints a lower or whatever, but I was just really titillated by the fact that you're like top to bottom building this system, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of by chance that I've come across all of this and essentially laziness that has driven me to all of these unique systems. Like that one, like my main problem actually why I switched to electric ignition was, the firing pin kept bulging out the primers um, in the ammo mm. that I was using, and that would like scrape, basically scrape up the receiver. So I was just sick of dealing with um, bulging primers. I'm like, fuck it, let's try electric ignition. Um, yeah. And I tried that out, and it surprisingly worked, and then just kind of kept snowballing from there. Um, just trying out the easiest solution that I could to every problem, and somehow it, it worked. But yeah, it's uh, I'm really excited with hopefully in the future I can get some funding or something to actually turn this into something yeah. cooler. I uh, hopefully I have some ideas for um, like a machine gun version and stuff since I feel like having a 3D printed case. Uh, well, it does. I did the math on it. it. Having a 3D printed fragmenting case like my design, if you were to use that with a 5.56 caliber, it would reduce the weight by about 50%. Um, so there's a lot of potential there for, um, you know, machine gunners. If, like, I can make a machine gun that uses this system and develop, like, a 5.56 or, I guess, now 6.8 uh, or 6.5, whatever it is, um, caliber yeah, six, eight, bullet. Yeah, 6.8, yeah. Um, caliber bullet, it could significantly reduce the weight. So... I personally think it's something that the military should be funding or some private company, but um, that's probably just my own me thinking it's really cool because I designed it. But no, I, I, you're definitely onto something because part of the whole the whole push for the the new six H cartridge was they were they were playing with a steel. If I recall correctly, they're playing like a steel backed, you know, like where the primer pocket and all that part is, yeah. and then a polymer case out to the to the round, right? Yeah. And so uh, honestly, that is a good idea. Um, I just kind of it, it pisses me off that they went about it by adding an extra component to the ammo, since I'm sure that's not going to be cheap to uh, 
can't imagine. Right. I should say I can't imagine it's going to be any cheaper than brass. Um, I would like to see them reduce the amount of components. And, yeah, uh, and also like like how much weight are you really cutting out? You know, <laughs> like you're just yeah. taking off a little bit of a brass casing. I mean, it weighs <laughs> virtually nothing. The weight is all in the projectile, really. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's cool. Um, now, this is a question I know everyone's asking, especially nobody who's seen it. Uh, your your weapon system, but is it bold action? Is it you know lever action? You know what have you yeah. got going there? Um, it's essentially it's a pump action uh, system right now. Uh, so the pump has a. I guess I can show you guys, um, and then if you guys want to watch along as I kind of show things off, you can see on Twitter. Just look at one of my pictures, but basically on the pump, there's a, uh, there's a trigger mechanism, um, a switch mechanism. And so when you, uh, when you want to unlock the bolt, basically you just press the trigger mechanism on the pump and then pull it back. Um, and so that's essentially the only thing that I have for a locking mechanism right now, or I should say a bolt unlock, um, thing is that, uh, is the switch on the pump um so that essentially yeah every time you pump it it'll unlock the um solenoid and unlock the bolt uh, and then you can pull it back and cycle it and since there's no extraction with this it's a really simple just like straight back and forth i mean i guess every bolt is straight back and forth but there's no extraction um and the uh the magazine can hold about eight rounds right now uh, but I'm working on a uh, drum magazine for it, kind of just for shits and giggles. But the uh, the ammunition straight walled, so it's pretty easy to design magazines around it. So it's uh, yeah, not too hard to do. Yeah, it's cool. So it's I mean, kind of it's um it's sort of a pump action falling block kind of system with some electronic cyberpunk shit in there yep. too. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool, man. Um, so how did you get into all this stuff? Um, let's see, I guess. So it started out a while ago. Uh, I had a job at an aerospace company and one of the, I was talking about 3D printers to one of the other engineers. Um, and I said that some people were making like magazines and stuff for guns. And he was like, oh no, there's no way that's ever going to work. I'm like, oh, well, people have already been printing like full on guns at this point. So I'm like, well, it could probably work because I've <laughs> seen videos of it working. And then I was like, all right, let's let's prove this guy wrong and see what happens. Um, so I tried out some like 3D printed AR magazines and they worked. I'm like, all right, let's try out one of these 3D printed guns. And then the 3D printed gun immediately blew up on me. Um, it was some upgraded liberator <laughs> type thing. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's terribly designed and i started looking at the files um i'm like yeah why would anybody think this would work like um and then i started making revisions to it and, um and eventually i got something that didn't blow up and i'm like oh shit that was actually pretty fun just adding material at certain spots that i think sounded right basically until something didn't blow up and then like cool that's engineering i guess um and then started uh from there, just kind of every time I was bored, I would start making revisions on that design. 
um, until I got to something completely different and uh, basically just kept having ideas for different ways to improve that design um, until it eventually just completely turned into my own thing. Um, and yeah, it's just basically just been snowballing from trying to prove this guy wrong at work one time. But, <laughs> and, and now it's like basically what you do, right? Yeah, essentially. I, um, I'm still in school for mechanical engineering. Um, hopefully, well, yeah, I guess I got like a year and a half left. I'm uh, debating if I want to actually finish or just get a job. I'll probably end up just getting a job now and then finishing in a, in a couple of years. Um, so I'm kind of tired of being broke. I want to buy tools so I can finish this project. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in school now and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, man, I think our audience is going to be willing to support you. They're pretty cool about stuff like that, especially if they're interested. So I'm hoping we can, we can get you some money because right now you're, uh, from what I, what I saw via Twitter, you're trying to get to like 30 tweets a month so you can monetize your Twitter account or something. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I finally hit my 25 tweets for the month and uh, (laughs) I signed, I did this, like you have to. I don't know. It's a new program. I think they're calling it like a beta test or something. Um, but you, I sent in an application, which really wasn't an application. It was just um, checking that you're eligible, I guess. And then it said, wait for an email from Twitter. And still haven't heard anything back from them. Uh, it's been like <laughs> a day or two. So I, I'm guessing it might just take them a while or something. But yeah. Well, we need to get like the, bo- the boring company and, uh, 3d printing or something yeah then you're then you're good to yeah. go honestly yeah i think Elon Musk did have that flamethrower for a while so yeah but to change ventures well honestly that that flamethrower dude was like it's a weed burner yeah <laughs> he does honestly, market it to nerds. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, i use those all the time <laughs> yeah yeah just a souped up blowtorch honestly yeah like i I mean, like we have weed burning torches that we just hook to a a propane tank and pack around, you know? Oh yeah. Um, And it's really not that much different than that other than he's funneling, you know, (laughs) like just like, uh, concentrating the dispersion a little bit more, but, um, but yeah, I hope that works out. And I didn't even know people get, could get paid from Twitter until, you know, I saw your thing. Yeah. Um, I just found out about it this week. (laughs) But yeah, um, we want to, like, I want to see progress, man. I'm super, I'm really interested in this and like, uh, here, okay. Let me tell you why, uh, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, dear friend of mine is, uh, pretty closely connected to the CEO of Ruger and what Ruger did when they bought, cause like, if, I don't know if you're familiar, but for people who are not familiar uh, Marlin was like probably the best lever gun for a long time when John Marlin ran him, or was it John or James? John, John Marlin. Um, and then you know, they were the smoothest, most tightly built, like real, they were the best, like cream of the you know, cream of the crop. The only reason Winchester's got so popular is because like cowboy movies with John Wayne and stuff, because people thought they looked nicer because they didn't have the side ejection, you know, they eject from the top, so they just like look cleaner. Um, but Marlon was kind of always, and I'm, I'm a fan of Winchester. I'm not dogging on him, but Marlon was kind of always the better gun. And then once John Marlon retired or left the company and his kids took it over, I forget when exactly that was somewhere around the seventies, I think, 
um, when he left and then his kids took over and they still jam stamped barrels until like the late 1980s, I think it was maybe early nineties. And then they got bought out the first time, but I don't even remember who. And then anyway, they eventually, they ended up in the hands of Remington, uh, it's the freedom group, Remington, that whole thing. And they, they became, to be honest, like really poorly made kind of shitty guns. And everyone in the community was upset. You know, these are trash. But there was a bunch of iterations on, like the 94, 93, um, across those years. Well, what happened was when Ruger bought them a couple of years back, well, everyone, I'll tell you this too, is like inside, everyone thought Ruger was stupid as hell for buying that company because the, like lever guns were not popular. They're, you know, it's a waste of money. The, the, the uh the once good name is so tarnished like it's beyond repair like all that so here's the the point what and i know this because like i say i have a close friend who's uh pretty close friends with the ceo of ruger what they did when they took took over the brand is they went all the way back to the original 1880s patents and forgot everything that happened after that and then they said, we're going to rework this original design and ignore all this other shit that people have like iterated on top. And so far, so good from what I, everyone, I, I don't own a new one yet, or like a, a Ruger Marlin, but from what I hear, they are really well made again, like so far as like steel and everything goes. Yeah. So the, how it pertains to this is going back to the original guy who came up with the idea tends to be like the best course of action. You know, it's like other people are going to iterate on your design. And I know that's the whole thing with open source um, and 3D printing, but they're going to iterate and maybe some of those will be good and maybe some will be bad. But really, the guy who comes up with the idea in the beginning is probably the best source, you know, like CAC is still probably the best they are out there. I mean, I, I, you'll get arguments about it, but, you know, um, so in this case, it's like, well, this is your design. You can see the what these people have done iterating on your design like later and maybe draw an idea or two but they will there will never be like a better guy than the guy who came up with the originally you know he'll mm -hmm. always be kind of the best critic of his own work like yeah. over time so what i'm saying is elon hire this dude because be, <laughs> <laughs> i want to see a freaking semi-auto black powder fed electronic ignition uh, 50 caliber plastic gun. Like, I just want to see oh, this yeah. happen. dude. <laughs> yeah. I do too. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of anybody that's ever been into anything sci-fi, uh, can probably relate to just wanting a space gun. So goddamn bad. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. 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 I'm not a huge sci-fi fan, but that's all right. Like I'm yeah. not going to judge you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I got converted a little bit. Um, I watched the new Dune with my wife recently and it was cool, man. I was like, this is a very cool movie. Uh, oh yeah. I saw the original, but I still haven't seen the new one yet. Really? Oh too. dude. Hopefully it doesn't ruin it. Like you might be a purist or something and you might not like it. I don't no, know, I, but... no, I'm not one of those people that reads books and shit. So I, <laughs> yeah, I just saw the movie once. So probably forgot He's... everything that I ever it's Andrew Tate with a printer over yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> no prostitutes anywhere near me. Don't worry. Romanian government. Yeah, yeah, dude. Sirens, I mean Odysseus, I mean it was all there, dude. You gotta avoid sirens and you'll be all right. Yeah. Um, otherwise you end up crashed upon the rocks, you know. 
Yep. And these days they're little white ones, so far as I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude, so what do you, uh, I know you're in school now and you're messing around with this and talking shit on the internet like the rest of us. Yeah. What do you think, like, where, okay, give me your five year, where do you think you're at in five years? Yeah. So honestly, what, what I really like to see happen, um, would be some sort of like funding from either the military or like DARPA or something, or hopefully maybe a private company too. Uh, I guess there's pros and cons to both. Cause I'm not really a huge fan of the military. I was in the army for a bit, but I've kind of seen all the waste and stuff. I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of how much money we spend uh, on the military. But at the same time, if we're going to be spending that much, I would like some of that money too. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that would be, they do have immense resources. It would be kind of fun to do some research with them. Um, but uh, I guess alternatively, some like private company, maybe, um, I don't know if any really big established names like Ruger Remington would really want to mess with uh well, actually, I should say the only company that I can imagine would want to fund this would be Caltech. Uh, so if anybody knows anybody at Caltech, <laughs> let them know about this. Since I would imagine that's kind of right up their uh, alley in terms of weird shit. But um, I don't know how many other uh, gun makers or big gun makers would uh, want to support me. But I guess that's kind of the hope is that I find investments somehow. Um, and it, and then am able to make a semi-auto design, which I pretty much already have designed. I just need to work out some more math on that. Um, but essentially just finding somebody that could um, put into production a semi-auto version uh, and sell. And hopefully sell for pretty cheap since, um, I mean, as far as what I'm looking at now, I've run a couple like simulations, I guess, on the... Uh, on the computer with the semi-auto auto design and it doesn't seem to need uh, many or much more expensive components than is in this so i think i could profitably sell a semi-auto gun for less than like 400 dollars um so thinking it would be a good investment even if it's just kind of like a niche thing that people just want because it's cool um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of the hope is to get funding and then make something, uh, actually make something professional that I could sell and make money off of. So. Yeah, man, I want to see I want to see this funded too, just to see the semi-auto version. Uh, yeah, just for my own like nerd side. When yeah. you say sell a gun, are you talking like serialized gun, or are you talking sell the file? Um, so I, I wouldn't want to sell the file, uh, since I, I kind of feel like information should be free. Um, I, I've kind of thought about that. Um, but if anything, I would just do like an optional, I guess, like Wikipedia type model where it's free, but there'll be like a big message. Like, Hey, if you have money, seriously, please donate. Um, but I think the better way would probably be either selling I guess depending on what's needed for a semi-auto version, um, it would be probably just releasing the files for free and then selling parts kits um, to make it easier, I guess, for people to buy it and put it together. Um, 
stuff like probably just selling like completed barrels and um, the components needed if people don't want to make it themselves and stuff like that. Um, the semi-auto version will also probably need um, a lot more metal parts uh, just for, I guess, uh, strengthening and stuff. Um, so besides that, uh, I think I could probably get away with just selling like at least the machine parts or the parts that would need to be machined. Um, selling those as like a kit type of thing and then letting people build them build it themselves if they want to. Um, I have found that a lot of people don't really like building guns um, and they would much rather just buy it complete, which I understand too. It's definitely like a hobby. It's, um, yeah, you have, I should say you have to enjoy doing it. Otherwise there's not really a point. So there's definitely a lot of people that would um, enjoy just buying a serialized gun straight up off the shelf, I think, but that's something I'll have to look into more. Sure. Um, I got a buddy that's super into printing, uh, and he, you know, like this is how far this thing is spread is like, this is a good buddy of mine. He's a rancher. He just ranches and farms all day. So like, that's his, he's not like a fake ass. Like he runs a big ass ranch or helps anyway. It's his family ranch. Um, and, uh, he's like, dude, he's printing all kinds of stuff now. Like he'll come down and show me something, you know, he lives a little further up north than me he'll come down and show me something he's printed and you know sometimes just like no freaking way like how did you figure that out you know yeah. like like you're a dork ass nerd farmer with like uh <laughs> i know he's listening to um he's also got like one of these tables that looks like it belongs in a strip club you know like yeah. chrome women oh, oh hell yeah <laughs> and you gotta say though that's an amazing combination though a farmer with a 3d printer since i mean i i would imagine it's like one of the most useful tools for a farm since i know like farmers have to fix everything themselves so that's really one application actually where i feel like 3d printing would be the most useful dude i completely agree that's i completely agree early on i was tweeting like if we can 3d print metal when when the 3d printers were mad at me and i was talking about how it wasn't going to you know save the 2a yeah. i was like look if you can print metal i'm talking like hard metal then this revolutionizes technology in a way that like nothing has in the last i don't know 10 20 years mm-hmm. because a lot of times you run into parts that are out of production like on an old tractor and the tractor is yeah. completely fine or, or a plow or just whatever um and you got to go on ebay or just wherever and try to source parts and you end up paying out the nose for some stupid little you know just whatever it was like a head on a you know tractor or something that's like been out of production since the 60s or something yeah if you can 3d print that in your shop for you know 100 bucks or something that changes the game for sure but this dude he's like he's printing stuff so he can shoot wolves and and coyotes and shit like with with his thermals like he's like printing you know we can do this here in idaho because we have a a good law but he's like printing all kinds of actually i don't want to go into too much detail but he's he's doing like good like he's not you know bending the nfa he's just printing cool shit that works and like one one thing he printed recently and i know this is terrible for like digital radio programs but i'm like (laughs) like like hinting at this thing but he printed a gun component and showed it to me and i i was like yeah that's cool it'll work about five times you know and he's like i already got 50 rounds through it 
I'm yeah. like, no way, dude. Like, no yeah. freaking way. It, um, yeah. It's yeah, really sorry, surprising what they off. can do. Oh, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, like, I know some people with AR-15 3D printed, like, AR lowers that can go, like, a couple thousand rounds without breaking. Um, I'm still on, like, my gun itself has maybe, like, 300 rounds through it. Um, the barrels only get maybe 75 to 100 uh, before they start wearing down. Um, but I'm still amazed. I mean, honestly, I, I couldn't imagine that they would last that long. I was going for, like, five shots per barrel was my expectation. So, Yeah, that shocks the shit out of me. You're getting 75 to 100 out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, part of that is around the chamber. Uh, so the inside is completely 3D printed, and then around the chamber, I just have a steel pipe that I got from essentially Home Depot. Uh, you just cut up a steel pipe and essentially slide that over the barrel, and that contains the um, a lot of the pressure in the uh, in the chamber, at least where it's the highest. Um, and that also keeps it so if there's any like sudden or overpressure, I guess uh, that metal sleeve around it will contain all the fragments um, and keep it from injuring you. So it doesn't really need like. The math works out and says it'll work um, fine, I guess, with the 3D printed barrel. But I wanted that extra piece of metal just uh, for extra reassurance and um, longevity, too, with the barrel. So I think it's mostly because of that metal piece that it's uh, surviving that long. But So, it, it, so it's like a, a piece of conduit around like sort of the throat of the barrel, but on the outside of the plastic? Yep. Yep, essentially. Um, wow. Yeah, it's uh, basically, yeah, just a 3D printed barrel and then sliding a, a metal, yeah, I guess like that EMT conduit is a good analogy. It's a little bit stronger stuff than that, but um, yeah, essentially just a metal sleeve going around it. Wow. Man, that it's just so cool that you've been able to do this. And um, if you, aside from like, put into production the semi-auto that you've been working on you know that you already have plans for and stuff and obviously you're gonna have to iterate on design and and that kind of thing um if you were funded would you start trying to see if you could develop another design or just try to per perfect this thing um probably perfect this thing uh well i should say get this uh to a point where at least maybe somebody else could take over um, or where I'd be comfortable giving it up, uh, handing it off to somebody else. But there's a couple other designs that I have. Um, one thing that I can talk about that I really want to design is a, um, for a truck mounted machine gun, uh, that's not legally a machine gun. Um, basically if, um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with like, it's a space launch system that essentially it's just a spinning, um, a spinning disc that you put a uh they put a spaceship in and oh you can throw that outside oh just today sorry my roommate <laughs> All um, good. and uh so yeah it's a space launch system that they're basically trying to launch they spin a disc up super fast then they try to um put a satellite in it and it shoots out super fast and they uh and they're trying to get space with it. But I did the math for like a small version, which is basically just um, 
connected like a motor connected to the car's battery source the motor spins up super fast spins up this disc and then you essentially have a feeding mechanism that feeds in uh round balls into the spinning disc um and it only needs about 10,000 rpm and a six inch diameter um rotor to be lethal uh which is pretty pretty decent like you could if it was truck mounted you could go a lot bigger with it and have slower speeds and stuff so i think it's at least mathematically possible with some cheap amazon motors um so i would love to have just like a rotating oh yeah and i should say since it's electrically powered there's no black powder or anything uh it wouldn't be considered a firearm which is why you could mount it in your truck Oh, but yeah. yeah, so I think that's kind of that's the type of stuff that I'd like to go into is just adding more electron or using electronics and um, stuff like that to fling things through the air in different ways. I guess it would be like guns or I don't know what else has to fly through the air fast. So mostly just <laughs> weird guns, I guess, and cool different configurations. Dude, yeah, you're smoking hogs in Texas with a you know a disc mounted to your razor or whatever. Yeah, yep. Oh, that would be That's awesome. Freaking badass. Yeah. Dude, we gotta fly you to Idaho and see how far this thing can shoot. Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious. I'm in Arizona now, so I do have some oh, land okay. I can shoot on. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I really need to get it reliable enough. Um, I'm pretty much working. I'm working through the materials for the cases right now to find the perfect material to shatter. Um, so I've got a couple good options. Um, but once I get refinement with that done, then I'll uh, I'll probably switch over to some range tests. See how Dude, far I go. I got to hook you up with my buddy Drew. He he used to work at JPL, and he's uh he's moved into like the gun space as well, and he might be, and he's. I don't want to say where he's at, but he's not all that far from where you're at. And he might be a good contact. You guys could nerd out on physics yeah. or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the shit. I'm going to talk to him at shot. We're going to have lunch next week. I'll bring it up. Awesome. Um, yeah, man, this is all cool. Like I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the most technologically savvy person on earth or technology. Well, I don't even, I'm not the most, technology savvy or whatever i don't know how you would say that correctly yeah but. i don't know either but it sounds <laughs> <laughs> not in english he's an engineer not an english major <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah this stuff is just it's it's super it really is truly like really interesting because I, I was joking around on twitter not really joking actually i was joking but um also making a point that like the way gun development is going at this point uh until we come up with some other kind of projectile the AR is just going to be king of combat rifles because like even the AK is starting to become like an AR, right? Like it's becoming more AR looking, you know? Um, yeah. It, it's just basically the perfect combat rifle system, but you talking about these spinning discs and like, you know, electronics and magnets and stuff that really gets me interested because like yeah. when I was a kid, I'm obviously I'm way older than you, but when I was a kid, there was a, the, like these little foam discs you could shoot out of guns like, oh, yeah. like a, a nerf gun deal you remember those yep um obviously not the same technology because you're talking about like using air instead of yeah. like electronics but 
those things were always cool. Like, and they were kind of the space age toy toy yeah. gun of the time, you know? Yep. So the idea of being able to like blast a wolf with a disc has just got yeah. me really excited. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's, yeah, that's kind of what's motivating me. Like I love the AR, but it is annoying that it's been over 50 years now, 60, holy shit. Yeah. 60 years. And we're still, yeah. um, use it. I mean, it's still the best thing out there. Um, I mean, out. I guess you could argue that it wasn't the best when it came out, but it probably I could say it definitely is now at least one of the best uh, rifle platforms out there. Um, and it's kind of, I mean, it's on one hand, it's pretty cool from a mechanical perspective that it's lasted that long and lasted the test of time and that Eugene Stoner made something that good. But on the other hand, I feel like with, the technology that we have today um i mean we've gone to the moon since the ar has come out yeah um i feel like there's a better way to do it or at least a cheaper way that maintains the effectiveness um i just think there's none everybody's trying to copy the ar instead of um actually going into something uh way weirder even if uh even if it takes a few years and seems people are uncomfortable with it at first, you know, like electron, a lot of people are going to um, hate on electronics on guns and stuff. Cause electronics are supposedly super unreliable. Um, gotten in so many Twitter arguments about that, where people are like, what happens if you drop it in water? It's like, yeah, electronics still work in water. That's, you know, have you seen a submarine before? Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, I don't know. So I think people need some convincing, but hopefully once I get a good enough design and, you know, pour a beer on it and start shooting or something, then people will be a little bit more comfortable. But Dude, I just dropped my old iPhone 12 or whatever it is in the snow, and it's like the screen's already shattered, and oh. it's not even supposed to be one of the ones that's like waterproofish. And yeah. it was, dude, it was completely covered in snow and I wiped it off with my gloves and my pants and then put it, you know, plug my headphones back in and yeah. everything's like fine. Yeah. Like, you know, the idea of like, it's 40 below outside sometimes when I'm sleeping and I do have like, if I'm out hunting or whatever, and I do have to put my iPhone in my sleeping bag or else it will be dead. Like, yeah, that's true. But I pull it out and it's 40 below and the thing works fine. You know, even yeah. when it's snowing or you know, I mean, come on, it's silly to argue that, like, they can't, and, and this is, like, very complex, you know, electronic device, right? <clears throat> so the idea that you can't make, like, a, a little ignition device work in the rain or something is dumb. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the, the black powder would be the failure point, if anything. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it really would be for, for the rain. Um, so, yeah, I do intend, at some point, if I switch to a metal barrel, I'll, uh, I'll probably switch to smokeless powder. Um just for, I guess, since that's what everybody's using now anyway. Although I do, it, it's hard. Uh, I should say, yeah, I love I love black powder so much, so it's going to be difficult to switch off of it. But I think if I want higher velocities, that's uh, that's what you got to do. Yeah, the burn rate's just so much faster, right? Yeah. There's a... There's a term in writing, not that I'm any kind of great writer, but uh, when you go to publish a book, you always hear this, uh, you got to kill your babies, is what they say, you know? And the point is, like, your editor is going to come to you and be like, uh, you got to cut this part out of your book. 
and you as the writer are going to be like, bullshit, that's the most important part of the book or one of the most important parts of the book or whatever. <laughs> and you got to be willing to not always, but you know, something you go to bat for the stuff that you know is right, but you do have to be willing to like, let stuff go that feels yes. important, you know? Yeah. And that's why, yeah, that's kind of the nice thing too, I guess about my gun is it's using so many unique systems, even if one of them works out and somebody's willing to, uh, to adopt that, I'll be super happy, whether it's the ammo or the electromechanical locking or the ignition or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think you're really onto something and it's cool. Um, I've said that a million times, but like just the idea of a completely plastic gun with plastic casings that, you know, even some idiot like me could print up in his basement <clears throat> is just a badass evolution in technology. Even if it, like, forget about that. It's not a three fifty, like not as effective as, uh, as far as like, uh, power, uh, power or whatever, you know, um, or, or kinetic energy transfer. It's not going to be the same as like a three fifty seven with Buffalo bore, you know, ammunition, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But that that doesn't well actually you know what the best historical example of this is uh there was a pistol that um i believe it was who who made that uh i think smith later of smith and wesson maybe uh invented the volcano pistol originally was oh that smith? yeah i i don't know if it was Smith. i do know the volcano though um, yeah someone came up with this basically lever action pistol design yeah was it henry it might've been, that sounds right. Somebody anyway. And it, you know, it totally, it was, I think it was a top objection pistol design and it, you know, it went, it, it didn't work and no one wanted it, but it opened up the world, the possibility to people like Browning and others of using this lever action mechanism. And then we ended up with rifles that were built. Like I have a friend of mine gave me as a gift, uh, uh, Marlin model 94 that was made in the late 1880s, the very first run of smokeless powder ever. So it's like stamped on the, yeah, it was Horace Smith and, uh, West and Daniel B. Wesson. Um, but stamped right, right on the barrel, you know, s special smokeless powder. I mean, it's just the coolest gun ever. Yeah. Um, and we wouldn't have had that gun without the failure of the volcano, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah. it took that, like, you got to have people that are willing to go out on them. And these guns are still popular. Like, mm. it, it, you could even argue that, like, lever actions are as popular now as they were, you know, 50 years ago with all these kind of space lever gats that people were yeah. messing around with and shit, you know? Yep. So that thing's been around for freaking two centuries. On, like, well, it's covered, you know, has watched two more uh, centuries change, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah i like the idea of a dude that's like you know what i'm gonna make a gun work that's plastic it's yep. cool it's yep. freaking badass yeah basically just wanted something for the apocalypse that i knew i could make and uh <laughs> yeah i think that's what everybody wants is just to be self-sustainable in some sort of way um be able to make your own shit hunt your own food do your own things yeah. so and components are cheap right yeah yep yeah. it's less than 70 bucks for every component <laughs> so badass yeah yeah i gotta get one i gotta get this file to my buddy and see if he'll build one i'm oh, yeah. sure he will yeah and we'll send you some videos of shooting rabbits or something hell yeah <laughs> that'd be <laughs> awesome all right dude thank you for coming on tony 
Um, or actually, Gaylord, where are we at? Hit me in the chat. Are we there? I think we're there. Um, thank you for coming on. We got to have you back on in the future. And I do want to connect you with my buddy, Drew. Um, I think he would be interested. He might even already be aware of what you're doing, but I'll talk to him at shot and see if not. Um, anything else you want to say before we go? Um, no, yeah, that would be awesome to get connected with him. Uh, other than that, not really. Um, let's see, I guess. Yeah. If people want to, um, follow, I post a lot of, um, like my videos and stuff on my, uh, on my Twitter, which is suckboytony one. Um, and then, so that's probably the best place if you want to get more information about this. Um, and if you want to ask me questions or whatever, um, and then if you want to support me and really like the project, uh, I have a Utreon set up since I got kicked off Patreon for, they thought I was giving away guns. Um, so, but Utreon is the alternative and they're really cool. And, um, pro gun or at least pro gun enough to invite me onto the platform and say like the CEO said that they're, they won't kick me off for making guns. So that's at least more than most companies uh, will guarantee. But um, yeah, so I have a Utreon set up. I'm trying to, I need to get on and set up a $1 tier. I think right now it's like $5 a month for the lowest. And then you get access to my discord um, there's a couple other things, but basically that'll just give you instant access to uh, hitting me up on Discord and asking me any questions about it. Um, hypothetically, if you wanted to build it too, that would be the place for right now. Uh, and yeah, it should be it also if uh, you're wanting to, if anybody out there wants to build this, it should be released pretty soon. Um, I Everything is ready for it. I'm just waiting for... Um, couple other people are in the process of building it i want to make sure that my instructions are clear and stuff um so once these other people get it built and confirm that the instructions are good uh should be released here pretty shortly very cool man is so is that uh at suckboy tony on utreon uh yep yeah suckboy tony um and yeah you should just be able to search uh Suckboy Tony on Patreon.com. <laughs> uh, I would imagine I'm the only one on there. Uh, if there's another, I guess let me know. But um, yeah, it's just Utreon.com. I think it's slash C slash Suckboy Tony. Okay, dude. Well, I will never one time, I won't lie to you, I will never one time look at your Utreon, but I will support it. So <laughs> I'll start paying yeah. you. No, that's all right. That's what most people, what most people are. Uh, and that's all right with me as long as people enjoy the content that i'm putting out and enjoy that there's a, a plasma gun out there that's good enough for me hell yeah it's cool as hell man thanks yeah. for coming on so that's at suckboy 21 on twitter and at suckboy tony 2 on ig if you're one of those guys that likes to look at girls in bikinis and don't use twitter yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah all right, man. i won't be wearing a bikini on my instagram so Sorry about that. Well, that's that. how you got it. That's how you get paid, bro. Yeah, that's true. I need to start OnlyFans, actually. <laughs> that's got to be the way. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again. This was very cool. Um, and whenever you whenever you release it and launch it, let's maybe do it again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to chat, talk about my project. For sure. Thanks, Tony.